0: Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Mick Kirsten. Mick Kirsten is the co-founder and CEO of TaskTop. He drives the strategic direction of the company and promotes a culture of customer-centric innovation. Before TaskTop, Mick launched a series of open source projects that changed how software developers collaborate. As a research scientist at Xerox Park, he created the first aspect-oriented development environment. He received a PhD in computer science from the University of British Columbia, and his research interests focus on value stream architecture. Mick has been named a Java 1 Rockstar Speaker and one of the top 10 Java Writers of the decade by IBM Developer Works. In 2012, he was awarded the Business in Vancouver Top 40 Under 40 and has been a World Technology Awards finalist in the IT Software category. Mick is the editor of the new IEEE Software Department on DevOps. Well, good afternoon, Mick. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I appreciate you jumping on. I know it was just towards the end of the day for many of us, but again, your flexibility is amazing just as well as your career is. And we're going to jump right into those questions, Mick. So you've got quite the career as a developer in tech. You're a research scientist, a board member, and now you're the CEO at Tasktop. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, the it's been people that's the short answer. It's, there's always been someone who I wanted to, to really learn from, right? When I was an undergrad at the University of British Columbia, it was, my, it was someone I started working for, is Gail Murphy, who later actually turned out to be my co-founder of TaskDop and uh, and PhD supervisor. But she was doing some really interesting research. Uh, she was actually started collaborating with Xerox PARC and as an undergraduate student, I just wanted to learn from her. Then I wanted to learn from someone she was collaborating with. And I started doing that as a, as a research scientist. And uh, as I was getting into writing project-to-product, i I'd met Gene Kim. I wanted to learn from him because I realized he He'd learned so much around how transformations work at scale and what goes wrong. And um, daily, on a daily basis, I'm learning from our customers where I've I've had seven different customer calls today. I know how they all got batched up for Thursday, but just the amount of learning from that is absolutely leaves me exacerbated some. You know, they're dealing with some really interesting challenges, but inspired to help them. So I think it's it's that servitude and the people and the learning that's been the key thing that's driven every one of my significant steps, career steps. And of course, you know, with TaskStop, it's out, it's been a staff, right? Just getting inspired daily from the great and the hard work that people are doing. So yeah, it's uh, it's been people all along.
0: That's awesome. I think at the end of the day, at the heart of everything is people. Uh, that's what makes the world go round. And I think you've, you know, had a amazing combination, some mentors and some great partners. So thanks for sharing, Mick. And Mick, let's talk a little bit about, you know, objectives and the, the OKR bus- based business model, right? Most companies are trying to adopt, but some of us might've experienced that this is not easy at all. You created this flow framework, which you first introduced in your book, Project to Product. Could you explain the flow framework and why you feel flow metrics are useful to OKRs?
1: Absolutely. So it, OKRs, and for those who are less familiar with them, objectives and key results, their way of managing organizations and teams that's really came out of Intel, was done at Google, I've been doing it at Tasktop for nearly a decade. And in the end, we we all want to inspire and help drive organizations to do great things. And those great things need to be around some kind of mission and vision. And that vision is often around customers, right? Around delivering value, around innovation, around creating great and novel technologies. And as organizations scale, it gets trickier and trickier to, to scale what a great team can do to having teams of teams and having an entire large organization actually motivated around the same mission and vision. And so OKRs have been, for me, an extremely useful vehicle for that because it helps create that purpose. And the key thing that they're good at is cascading things down without overloading people. So they have this safety valve of you you don't make more than five, let's say, and and that actually helps make sure that you're not constantly overloading uh, the teams and the contributors that that are making your software, making things for your customers. Now, the really tricky thing with OKRs or anything like them, and it does not need to be OKRs. Is that once you've done them, you need a feedback loop, and so a lot of organizations who've had frustration around around uh, driving OKR changes are having them because they can't measure. The key results are just harder to measure. So what I did with the flow framework is, first of all, help organizations make that shift from project to product, where what you're doing around products is describing your your objectives around delivering value to your customers, around delivering value to your business partners. And the key thing is the ways of measuring that value, for example, uh, better conversions, better customer net promoter scores, more revenue, better retention, Oftentimes those actually take a while to be produced. They might take a, multiple quarters in some cases to really make the difference. Now, the key thing with software is we can actually very quickly track whether things are moving faster or not. Because when we're building software, when we're building digital experiences, those are all around delivering value quickly to customers. The faster we can deliver that value, the faster the flow of value, the more we know that we're driving towards the right kind of result. And that's where the flow framework and OKRs okay, are this beautiful marriage, where if you actually set your key results around flow metrics, such as reducing flow time, which is just time to market for delivering value to your customers, then you can actually see whether all the activities that you're taking, the way that you're getting impediments out of your team's way are actually helping drive that great result, drive that improvement, or whether other things are slowing it down, whether you have a different constraint or a, or a different bottleneck that's slowing down your teams. So I think that I want to avoid all these failures that organizations were having with OKRs because I thought they were not, they weren't unnecessary. They were just from an overly slow feedback loop. And it's the flow metrics that come from the flow framework that actually give you that very fast, very iterative feedback loop that allows you to do great things for for your customers and, and for your
0: staff. That's amazing. And Mick, I've worked in leadership in with large teams and technology over the years. And I can tell you, this is a big challenge. So I'm glad that you're involved in this and have developed the flow framework. I think that's going to be a game changer. And I really mean that because we've struggled with OKRs over the years. So thanks again for sharing. And so Mick, can you explain maybe the benefits for moving away from a project mindset towards a more product oriented approach?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the challenge when we're building software when we're doing digital transformations, when we're, the markets are changing around us, where there's there's new competition that's coming up all the time, is that we're dealing with a lot of uncertainty. And project management, where project management is how a lot of IT organizations started with their IT initiatives, so how a lot of enterprise organizations started with their IT initiatives. Really, this world of projects and costs, it only works well if you've got a high degree of certainty. So it works great for building very large buildings, the biggest buildings in the world, because the laws of physics won't change when you're making that building. Materials won't change. But markets change all the time under us, right? What we saw with the pandemic was a massive amount of change. And so project management just does not work properly because it does not build in the iteration, the constant pivoting and the constant learning that you need to do, which is why great technology companies don't use it they actually use product management and this mindset around flow and product value streams and measuring and iterating on those and continual learning around them to innovate and to deliver value to the market. And the ones who apply it well they win markets. The ones who don't, they lose them. So I want to make sure that the, those same practices were just much more accessible, not only to the tech unicorns and tech giants and, and some startups, but to the industry as a whole, to the economy as a whole. And that's really the goal of, of project to product, to help catalyze the shift that every organization who wants to become a technology company needs to make, which is to define your product value stream. So define how you deliver value to the customer, to the customer, Measure that flow of value, and then create a feedback loop on how that's driving results. How you need to change. How you need to learn. How you need to adapt. What's working. What's not. And where your bottlenecks are. So that's that's really the goal. And it's been just amazing to see with you know the book now becoming a, a number one bestseller. How many organizations have been able to apply these concepts at scale.
0: I think that's awesome. You know, and you did a great job of explaining that to our audience as well. So I appreciate that. And uh, I learned something here on the show today. So thanks, Mick. And so Mick, you're obviously leveraging some new or emerging tech in your tech stack. Anything you might be able to share with our audience today?
1: Yeah. So the, I think the main thing I'll share is stop worrying about the tech in your tech stack. Now, only only briefly, stop worrying about it, but really just focus in, on... and by the way, this is me, you know, as a technologist, we're all in the initial years of Tasktop, all I was worrying is about what technologies we were building on, what programming languages we were using, what cloud and DevOps technologies we were using. So I've spent my uh, fair share of, of worrying about that and and actually building a lot of developer technologies. And then I realized is when we obsess so much, around the technology layers, we actually create these, these software architectures that, that are so technology oriented rather than oriented around maximizing the flow of value. And so I think we have to completely flip that conversation. You have to look at what are our goals, what are our, our business goals, our goals for a mission, our goals for our customers. And one of the key goals that I think every organization needs to have that who, want, who wants to be a, a technology innovator is that we need a flow time, a time to value that's less than two weeks. Right? That's a really key goal because if we can be delivering new features to customers and get feedback from how those features are used and then learn whether this what we're doing is working, whether a strategy is working or, or use those learnings to actually evolve and, and grow our strategy, then we're actually innovating at the pace of a, of a technology company. So that's the way you start thinking. When you start thinking that way, you then say, okay, what do we need in our tech stack to enable that kind of fast feature flow? For example, it's nearly impossible to do that kind of fast feature flow and A-B testing of features, which is really important to feedback, without cloud it's 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 effectively possible for, uh, to do that at large scale. So you then realize you need cloud in your stack, right? You then start realizing, okay, well, data is, is a challenge for us and we've got such massive, large relational databases uh, to really move faster and to get those data views to iterate and innovate more quickly and drive the kind of data science or machine learning that we need. Well, we really need an event-based architecture because that's the only way we can actually drive data-driven decisions that quickly and drive the data in our products. Uh, and then, so you end up moving to an event-based uh, uh, data architecture as we have. So I think, the key thing is to actually just completely flip the conversation from it's not about technology needs to support fast flow, fast time to value, uh, and basically set those goals. Set those goals, by the way, as OKRs. If you want to be have an innovative and user experience, set an OKR of a flow time under two weeks for this product value streaming. It's the only way we know we'll be able to keep up with competition uh, who might be well, you know, a small startup moving much faster. And then make sure that that technology supports fast flow and just stop thinking in terms of technology-first architectures and start thinking in terms of flow uh, as, as what should drive technology as an architecture.
0: Amazing. I, I like um, the way you explain that and and your thoughts around that. You know, I think a lot of people try to get the latest and greatest shiny toy or technology out there, and at the end of the day, you're trying to, you know, what is the core problem or or end goal you're you're after, and and sometimes it's just a matter of finding out the best way to solve it, and not just thinking it's the latest tech. So I, I do appreciate that, Mick. It's important.
1: Yeah, exactly. And d- don't get me wrong, Brian. I love the shiny toys, right? I love, they say, AWS Lambda is a pretty cool shiny toy. A lot of enterprise companies are using, but mm-hmm. it's because it supports fast flow, right? So again, yep. flip that conversation and then that's how you'll leverage the right set of the latest and greatest technologies and shiny toys for your organization.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. You put it, you put it there just perfectly. And Mick, I just want to let you know, it was a pleasure having you on today and I look forward to speaking with you real soon.
1: My pleasure, Brian. Thank you.
0: Bye for now.